Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're not feeling well. Yeah. Um, so thank you for sharing whatever energy that you have. Um, so we just had Mary Jane on Oatman, who was part of the panel that you mm -hmm. were also on. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's such a it's such a wonderful honor to have you on the show as well. Yeah, no, so, thank you, thank you. It's the honor. The honor is, you know, I, I'm honored to be here and to to share a presence with you and to talk, you know, a good conversation for Earth Day. And you know, it's um it's really nice, you know, always to be asked to to speak and to share. And um, you know, I'll definitely uh have a little performance in a little while. So you know, okay. I'm looking forward to that. So yeah. All right. Well, I don't want to hold you up longer than than we need to. So I'm going to pull myself out and let you share the story. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, uh Mani Wiok, no Kato Manowich Kikitim, Kispiso Makek, Nit Akayan, Mashik Nawiswan, Marcus Grino, Mawawa Nem Mashik Apostles, Nito Tamon. Nakato Kakanan, Eskikitian, Kyas Mamache Tawak. Hello, everyone. I'm going to speak. Uh, my people know me as Kispi Soba Cake or Swift Otter. I was named Marcus Greener by my parents. I'm part of the wolf, dog, and deer clans. And I'm learning to speak the ancient one's language, which is what we call ourselves Menominee. Um, different, there's different ways we call ourselves. You know, we call ourselves Mamache Tawak. Omat uh, Namanewak, people of the wild rice, or Kiasma Mache Tawak, which means the ancient ones. Um, I was basically uh, a little background on me before I kind of get into this whole um, section is basically uh, I was born and raised in, in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, so I'm an urban Indian. Uh, I spent a lot of summers on the reservation with my, my grandfather, who was the uh, biodynamic farmer, I would consider him as. He had the largest garden uh, on the reservation. People would, you know, know, know it. And uh, the really cool thing is that he had a really symbiotic relationship with the snake. And um, what I found really interesting is that years later after he passed and uh, my brother and I were working the land that he used to work on, the snake came back and actually hung out in, in the greenhouse. So, you know, a big old like pine snake hanging out. And uh, it was cool, you know, it, it's cool in the sense of like, we talk about energy, you know, and um, the energy that my grandfather had on that land kind of transferred on over to us, you know? And so, you know, the, the thing I really want to convey to everybody tonight is really uh, the art and power of storytelling. And, you know, when I think about storytelling, you know, it's, it's a traditional thing, you know, uh, Menominees, you know, we were storytellers, orators. You know, a lot of our language, our stories were passed down, you know, just verbally. And um, for me, <clears throat> um, I guess I, I kind of started being a change maker real early. You know, I was about 18 when I started my own nonprofit. And then I went to Washington, D.C. when I was 19. Um, God, Obama get inaugurated. And that's really where this this story comes from. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this spoken word story for you all. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And if Alicia wants to come back and ask questions, she's more than welcome to, you know. I, um, but, you know, with, with that, I kind of want to um, share, you know, the artistic side of me. Everybody knows me as Mark 
Mark Greeno, the hemp guy, and you know, having a connection to John Trudell and everything. But I don't know if many many people know me as the artist or the writer. So uh, you know, here we go. Grandfathers and Great Spirit, I'm going to speak. I began my journey in January of 2009. I was traveling to a place I knew nothing about. All I know is the city is home to our federal government and change is about to happen for our country. Arriving at our nation's capital, I witnessed the dawn of a new president. The city had caught the Obama mania bug and millions of people flooded the streets. It was an experience I'll never forget. <clears throat> I served our new president on Capitol Hill as a legislative intern. My tasks were to sort out the mail, water the plants, run errands, and answer the phone. Senator Stabenow's office, how may I help you? One day while working on the phones, I received a call from a man who was very upset with our system. He had just lost his job and his sister, who was a diabetic, had just lost her health coverage. She was on the verge of death. He pleaded with me to help him. I took down his information and prayed someone could help. Hanging up the phone to take the next call, I felt my soul, the otter, my spiritual will to help deteriorate. <clears throat> For the next four months, I struggled working within the system to affect change. In May, I went back to my community, knowing I had to go back to Washington, D.C. because my journey wasn't finished. While at home, I started to figure out that my people were in need of a strong leader with strong storytelling skills. <clears throat> in June, I went back to Washington, D.C., feeling like I did not want to be there. The city that destroyed my will to affect change. But as the weeks went by, I started to feel my catalytic spark rekindle once again. Thanks to the interaction of a fellow change maker, I felt my spiritual will and revolutionist mentality come alive again. Then the unthinkable happened. I met a man who believed in me and gave me the opportunity to go live on radio to talk about my vision of seeing a world run on an environmentally friendly industry. I accepted his offer and my voice was heard worldwide. It was a powerful moment on my journey. A few weeks after the radio interview, I went back home to visit everyone that I missed so much. <clears throat> While at home, I found out the journey that I've been on is preparing me to take the leadership role once I finish my journey. My people are in need of a strong visionary leader with strong storytelling skills to influence the masses, to stop the conquest mentality that has crippled the civilizations of the Americas. The government of change cannot help our people because the Supreme Court feels indigenous nations are conquered and will never become self-governed. <clears throat> I stand before you while I sit before you. A man that is bringing his vision to a reality by going back to my community and launching a pan-Indian sustainability movement that create economic development, revitalize culture and language, and bring nutrition back to the public school system, ending diabetes that has plagued our people. Remember, real change comes from the heart. 
and succeeds with unity. Kispi so makake nit akayan mishik nuiswan Marcus Greeno mawaw anem mishik apostles nito tamon nakato kakenen eskikatian kias mamache tawak. My people know me as Kispi so makake or Swift Otter and was named Marcus Greeno by my parents. I'm part of the wolf, dog, and deer clans, and I'm learning to speak the ancient one's language. All my relatives, that is all. <clears throat> I think for me, you know, I, I wrote that I wrote that speech, you know, when I was 20, and um, I, I saw a lot. I saw a lot on the Capitol Hill. I saw a lot in the environmental community. I just um, saw a lot in, in D.C., you know, um, being a teenager going into my 20s is, is kind of eye-opening for me. Um, I think you guys will, I think you guys understood that when I was conveying it in the, in the story. Um, you know, for me, you know, is it was 20, now I'm 33, 13 years. Been on it for 13 years. I've made other speeches before. I've done spoken word before, but for some reason, that one in particular always stands out to everybody. You know, I think this is the first time it's actually been live on a recording on, on actually the internet, you know, um, there's been like different recordings here and there, but you know, that's, that's a powerful story. Um, the people I've shared it with over the years, you know, the 13 years since it's, it has been spoken it really hits them at the core. You know, we talk about, talk about the heart. There's actually a rock that, a stone that John gave me. Um, I'll get to that in a minute. But it's about the heart, really. I have a lot of heart. Uh, I've spent 13 years trying to build that Pan-Indian sustainability movement. Gone through a lot of trials and tribulations. And uh, it's tough. It's really tough movement building, but it's rewarding because I think of the future generations. I think of Koko Matsa Kihi, Grandmother Earth, and you know it's it's important. You know the work's important, and um, I think for me when I met John Trudell and I was given the opportunity to be a caretaker for his organization Hempstead Project Heart, it was a real honor. You know. I was uh, 16 when I first heard about John's story and what happened to him and what he did. And um, <laughs> I, always wanted, I always wanted to grow up and be like him. And uh, man, I can't tell you in the 13 years, if I would have told you when I was 20, that I would meet John Trudell and he would give me his organization and uh, give me a path really to walk. That's something else, man. That's a, that universe, really. You know, I'm a <clears throat> I'm a second generation Menominee Warrior Society member, and uh, it's crazy to see how I'm still carrying the torch after 500 years of struggle and I hope I really hope 
that it ends with me. Because it's hard to pass it on, the torch, you know. But I think deep down, I, I, I hope, you know, in this 21st century and the millennial generation, my generation, you know, the seventh generation that some of us call ourselves, I hope we I hope we're successful. That's all I have is a lot of hope. That's what keeps me going. And sometimes, you know, it's like it's crazy to see like you're ready to give up. And I shared this with Noko. It's like sometimes I'm just ready to give up and I get a phone call or an email or something and it's uh telling me to keep going, really. And it's amazing. <clears throat> um I guess some takeaways when it comes to the art and power of storytelling. So that story I told earlier, you know, that was a, um, that was a piece that was actually developed in one whole summer. I'd say about 10 weeks. I wrote that whole thing and, um, you know, I'd memorize it on the Metro. I was at the station. I went through a lot of edits. I talked to a lot of people who I, I, uh, respected personally and shared the story with them and they gave me feedback and told me how to hook things in my inspiration from that being an orator really came from Tecumseh and Tecumseh's vision. And I think that, you know, when it comes to understanding, you know, where we're going, it's always good to look back at the historical perspectives of who came before us. You know, Tecumseh, he was an amazing visionary. If you ever get a chance, the PBS ran this uh, series. Um, uh, I can't miss American. Uh, is it uh, American traditions or something like that? It was a segment on all these different native tribes or tribal people. And I think it was amazing to hear his story, Tecumseh's vision, you know, so if you get a chance, check it out. Tecumseh's Vision, PBS. Uh, there's a really good segment on it. That's where I really drew a lot of that power that was in that story. You know, his story was kind of in, in, empowered me to tell my story in a way. Um, I think it's really good also to draw on both some of the bad times that you've had in your life and also the good times. And you kind of mesh them together i think you could hear that in this in the story or the spoken word that i gave earlier you know that's um that's important some of that stuff really you can draw a lot of power from and convey it to people when you want to talk and speak um i think uh it's important that folks understand that those uh go back to these stones they're important you know um this one I actually had a stone once and um, it came from a, a very sacred place on my reservation. It was actually where some of the uh, resistance during the time of the treaty making eras were holed up and we have our culture camps there. So all of our young, young people from I think about 10 to 15 years old go out in the middle of the woods about a mile in from the road and they camp and they learn about traditions and they learn about our medicines, they learn about our stories. They have that connection to the, the earth too. And so I was a part of that when I was, you know, in that age range. And um, I found this stone. I wanted, I wanted a thunder egg. 
and I was like putting it out into the universe while I was there that I wanted a thunder egg. You know, I was a camp counselor at the time. And um, I guess in a way I was, I, I, I got it, you know, but it wasn't, it wasn't round. It was a flat like river stone. But when you touched it, it kind of felt squishy. It was really weird. And then when you'd put like an amethyst point to it, it have this magnetic force where you couldn't really touch the two stones together. It was really powerful. I used it on a lot of things whenever I would speak. So when I met John before he died, um, I gave it to him because I was worried that, you know, when we first met that night, that Friday night, when I got in and I got to see him, you know, he, he touched the stone and he says, you know, this is a magic stone, really powerful. He's holding his hands, twirling around. He hands it back to me. And as I'm driving down, I think it was the 101 or something right outside San Francisco. Um, in my in my mind, in my spirit, I felt like I took some of his essence, or maybe he passed it on to me. And um I didn't feel good about it, you know, because he he was um he was waiting for all his other family to get there to speak with him. And so I went back the next day. And I, I gave him that stone and I said, you know, this is yours. I want this. To, I want, I want to give this to you, you know, a stone that I had since I was 18 years old. And when I finally saw him, I think I was about 26. So I held it for a long time and I gave it to him. And I remember him saying, cause I was reflecting on it today is um, he's like, I, can I, can I take this with me? You know, and he take it with him on his journey. I said, yeah, it'll help you. It'll help you speak. And uh, so that's how I got this one. You know, the his um, his lady friend that was there with him, she went over to his shrine and got it out of his abalonia shell. And, you know, he passed it over to me and he said, you know, what you did with this stone, I did with this one. And use it. And so, so I am. I carry it with me everywhere. It's in my medicine bag, you know, and that's, there's a story to it. We go back to the art and power of storytelling, you know, the stone was utilized by John. It's one of the things I have left from him. And uh, it's amazing. I can't, uh, <laughs> can't explain, can't explain it, man. It's, it's phenomenal. The 13 year journey of young Mark when he was just getting out of DC and you know barely making it away out of the clutches of the eagle and the darkness that's in that city everybody that's on this call you know you ever go to Washington you, you, you take the stuff that will protect you always and you go and do battle you speak with your words you use the pen. That's where our power is going to really lie. That's what I've been utilizing for the past 13 years. Oh, so I guess to close out, because I'm, I'm getting pretty close to my time here. Um, I don't know if, you know, if we're taking questions or Alicia wants to say something, you know. So I will say um, <clears throat> it's all about the heart, you know. Like I said at the end, real change comes from the heart and succeeds with unity. I mean that. 
everything, you know, it's, it's all about that. It's about ensuring that whatever you do, you do it in a good way. And you make sure you do it from the heart and you bring people together. That's really what's going to change. That's what's really going to help Mother Earth. You know, she wants us to come together. Remember that. Coco Massa, Kihis, she's looking towards us, you know, towards my generation. And the ones who are going to, who've been teaching us, it's important. You got to make sure you do it from the heart, always. That's why Hempstead Project Heart is called what it is. It's all about the heart. The work we do is from the heart. Everything we do, everything we touch is from the heart. Well, you certainly have touched my heart and many, many others today, Mark. You have a gift and you are a gift. And I know John is smiling. You've picked up his torch. Yes. Definitely. I appreciate that a lot. He can't help but be proud of you. (laughs) She brought tears to the end of the show for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's just, I I must be processing it because you can, I don't know if you hear it, but I'm definitely, definitely waterworks over here too. (laughs) Yeah. It's, you know, Every time we talk about it, it's it's always it always comes up like that. I'm sure you probably heard it too when I was on stage talking about it as well. So, mm-hmm. but that it, it means that I was successful, you know, and what I conveyed. So that it means <clears throat> it means that it touched it touched the heart, and that's good. And that's what I wanted to so do tonight. Did. Well, you struck the very core of that heart. Thank you so much, Mark. I, um, yeah, I'm kind of at a loss for words because it's a whole lot of emotion coming up. No um, worries. But I, I want you to promise me when we have uh, our hemp community together, you will come and share. I will. I promise. Okay. Okay. All right. Mark, have a beautiful and blessed rest of your Earth Day. Thank you. I'll see everybody. You take care, all right? Be well. Okay. All right.